but they know I need to feel joy again, then high performance coaching is really something that they need. Welcome back, wealthy women to Women Creating Wealth. We're excited that you're here today. Today, I have a special guest, Rosemary Medell. She knows the courage that it takes to transform your life from the inside out. She's on a mission to help women and maybe a few men to save time and money when purchasing real estate through learning due diligence like a pro. Then she helps them to take their life to the next level through her high-performance coaching. Rosemary, thanks for being with us today. Thank you. Yes, we're going to have a wonderful conversation today. So tell me, how did due diligence like a pro sort of evolve? Yeah, actually, I have 30 years as an urban planner and development consultant, and you have kind of sprinkle in being a realtor in that, but it actually started when I was a hairstylist. Uh, I was a hairstylist at the age of 19 in the salon, just seeing how women uh, had to deal with the challenges of life from divorce to the death of a spouse who was the primary earner. And they were the stay-at-home mom with the five kids and all the expenditures and the big house that goes with all of that lifestyle. And then being raised by a single mom myself, I kept seeing the challenges that women were having to trying to sustain a life, create a life and support their children. So at 27, I decided to start college because I knew in order to help women, really help them beyond just looking beautiful is I need to become more, I need to learn more so that I would have the words to advise women so it took me 11 consecutive years to finish my degree, and I was able to start as a consultant in, for a redevelopment consulting firm, and then from there transitioned into a city and at the public counter started to see women having the same challenges. Uh, but then, you know, a husband would die during the middle of a construction project, and they had no clue how to finish it how to speak to contractors, what was the process that they needed to go through if they needed a special permit. So this just kept repeating itself. And then when I started to purchase real estate on my own after my divorce, when I was uh, 40, I purchased my first home when I was 43 all on my own, but I was already a planner and I knew the land use and the development standard implications of purchasing real estate and where someone wants to list a property, has an accessory structure, and they're telling you it can be rented. And I knew professionally, I'd have to verify that you can't just slap white paint on a shack and say <laughs> it's a rental unit. So I knew that you need to do something about that. So I thought about, about it for years. How do I create a program that a woman could understand all the jargon that's within our profession just to help them reduce the risk when buying real estate. So yeah. I developed this due diligence like a pro. As a consultant, once I retired from the public side, I went to a private consulting firm and people could hire us to conduct their due diligence, but it's thousands of dollars for us to do that research. Yes. But the average person who merely wants to purchase their first home could learn the basics, could feel confident going to City Hall, could have a questionnaire, you know, how do I ask the appropriate questions? What department does what? Mm -hmm. And feel confident that they're starting to reduce their risk. 
you know, in 2020, Yale Business School released a study that there is indeed a gender gap in the purchasing of real estate. Women are paying 2% more than men. And it's not that we can't negotiate because if there's a sale, we know how to get to <laughs> the best price on that. My observation is that they don't know how to determine the value. And the value is determined by verifying permits. When was the structure made? The improvements that you said you made, how do I go to City Hall and verify all of that? That's one of the factors that I think has been missing. So that's what I'm trying to do now, close that gap. And then uh, once a woman has her home and she has that sanctuary for herself, for her children, then taking her life to the next level. As a high-performance coach, we address all areas of your life so that you get that joy back into your life so you don't feel stuck, so that you can create that future, that next step, because life is short. You know, really know what do you want? How do you get there? You need to be self-motivated to be able to accomplish what it is you want out of your life. And I don't even think in, for a lot of people, it's not so much the motivation that's missing, but it's the sense of purpose. What are they motivated to do? If you don't have anything you're really burning to do, there, that motivation is just not going to be there because right there's no, pro you don't propel yourself to nowhere. So, <laughs> Well, that's about, you know, the self-discovery. Keep yeah. trying different things to see what really sparks you up. That type of thinking that research comes from your sanctuary, from having your own home or a place where you are inspired to be creative, to think outside your current situation. You know, Women Creating Wealth is all about getting women involved in real estate investing. And I feel like the work that you're doing with your due diligence like a pro is exactly the type of thing that people need to learn if they are thinking of, because you, you can buy a piece of property and that's fine if you want to just leave it exactly as it is. What if you want to do more? Or what if the way it's been used is not actually a legal way of using the property, right? That happens a lot in Boston. Somebody will add yeah. an additional unit and then you think you're buying a three family and then come to find out it's actually only a legal two family and then the numbers don't work anymore. So absolutely understanding what you're buying, what you're getting involved in is so key. Yeah. I mean, even when they list a property, I mean, the, the listing agent discloses uh, what they've been told by the seller. Uh, hopefully they're doing a little verification themselves and, and making sure, but they are not really obligated to. They're to do the best that they can, that fiduciary responsibility to their client, as well as the person who's going to purchase the property. But yes, and it's not your realtor's job if you have a buyer's agent to conduct the due diligence. They're explaining the disclosures that have been provided. But ultimately, you know, unless you learn that skill, you're just part of the, you're the money part of the transaction. What I want women and really to empower them is to learn this skill and then you can teach someone else and help them. And then you're ready for that next purchase or that investment property. Part of that is really doing your homework. And if you love an area that much that you want to live there and establish your home, that's wonderful. Then I want you to get involved in your city because more women need to have a voice in the decision-making process of where they live. Now, I understand while I work you know, full-time and I have my kids and are you crazy? I have no time to get involved. Well, actually there's small ways that you can get involved. You just need to contact your city, ask you know, what volunteer opportunities there are. It could be a couple hours on a weekend, once every six months. 
but at least you start to know what's going on in your city. And if there's a type of business that is going to be established near you and you receive a public hearing notice, you don't have to attend the meeting, but you could call the planner. You could submit an email stating your questions or your uh, support of the project or your opposition and what your issues are. So that is also another way for you to stay involved in the decision-making process of your city. And it's so much easier now with so much being, you know, hybrid meetings, meetings being broadcast on the local yes. cable television, and even the public records being available on the internet. It just makes things so much easier. We've heard where people say, well, I received a public hearing notice, but it's from the city. So I just threw it away. <laughs> well, then now you're seeing this project being constructed and now you have concerns and it's too late. Yeah. Well, and that can be an opportunity, especially if you're thinking of investing in a neighborhood where you also live, you've got a real advantage to see what types of projects could be coming down the road, what types of things have just been approved that might not be obvious for years. Big projects, sometimes it's years before they even break ground by the time they get done with all the approvals and that. There could be something coming to this neighborhood that's either going to add or detract from the value of property here. Yeah, one of the things that's a little frustrating for uh, being a former planner is that the social media people are asking each other, what's going on in this corner? Does anybody know? And I'm pulling out my hair saying, just call City Hall. <laughs> Stop asking someone who knows even less than you do, call City Hall. That's yeah. what they're there for, to give you answers. Yeah, you know, I was just thinking as well when you were I wanted to get back to what you were talking about when uh, you're buying a property, the disclosures that are made and the work of your realtor or, or real estate agent. They often, not from any type of ill will or whatever, but they just might not be very familiar. I mean, people have to learn how to business, right? And it doesn't happen overnight if this is their first or their, even their fifth property, especially if they don't own real estate themselves. I mean, their knowledge level might just be very limited. Certainly in the purchase agreement, you know, they are disclosing what is the zoning. Their responsibility does not go beyond that. They're not going to interpret what the zoning code would allow and what doesn't allow what the development standards are. That's out of their purview. They could accompany you to City Hall to ask those questions if they are want to learn themselves, especially if they farm a particular area, or they just want to provide great customer service to really help you feel confident in your purchase. Because that's what the whole point, what you're trying to do is reduce your level of risk, right? right? If someone has added on, as you say, they do in Boston, but before, if they accept the offer that you made, then you have a certain window to start verifying. Because if you're paying for that square footage of an illegal structure that the city could require that you remove it once you start improvements, Mm -hmm. Then you've paid for something that is going away. Then obviously you've overpaid. Your job as the purchaser is to reduce that risk. You know, trust, but verify. Right. And knowledge is power too. While, while we're throwing out little, <laughs> very helpful <laughs> cliches. I mean, those things are around for a reason, right? Is your due diligence like a pro? Is that a one-on-one -on -one type thing or how does that structure? I'm going to release it uh, initially as a cohort. So we're going to, I'm going to take a group and we're going to go through a six-week program and it's going to be me with them. Eventually it'll be 
uh, an evergreen program that someone could learn and I will have limited access uh, to them uh, mm -hmm. to respond to questions, certainly. Yeah, it's something either you're ready now to start home shopping or you're in the thick of it and you need immediate assistance. Um, one thing that I've created is how to evaluate a neighborhood. It's a free masterclass that is on my website that could help anyone right now, realtors, first-time home buyers, to really understand what they're looking at. It's not merely curb appeal. It's way beyond that. The high-performance coaching is we are ready to work on that immediately. Uh, some people would prefer to do that uh, just to create that mindset of, you know, there's more things than just looking for a home for me right now. I'm dealing with work issues and relationships and family and just finding my own direction and happiness and joy in life. And I need help there immediately so I can do that as well. What's your favorite part about uh, working with people? Do you have like a happy story where someone came and they were in a mess and then... <laughs> 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 well, I love coaching the coaches because these are the high achievers. These are the ones that have this giving heart and they themselves, you know, deal with the family, deal with, you know, raising teenagers or they're also in careers and they are juggling multiple things and sometimes they feel stuck. And just finding that joy again, that remembering, all right, this is who you are. And I forgot how to get to that next level of happiness. And we are the thinker of our thoughts. So why am I missing that? Am I living in my past and I'm not able to enjoy my present or I'm not able to envision a future that I want? How do I get there? That's one of the greatest joys I have as a coach, just seeing that transformation because they're going to go out and do their work. And that ripple effect of who are we here to serve is so important. And what makes life so much fun, right? We, we stop thinking about all the problems and we look for the joy again in life. Yeah, absolutely. So let's go back to your, the, the, uh, free course that you were talking about on your website mm -hmm. about getting to know a neighborhood. Yeah. I think that's something that's very valuable for real estate investors. And how do you recommend people sort of start going about that? There's so many programs out there right now where you can become an investor and, you know, they talk about the finance part of it. And every once in a while they'll mention, and you'll need to conduct your due diligence. How do we, how do you do that? Where yeah. do I even start? You know, yeah, I could drive around a neighborhood and at different times of the day, but I want to teach you, okay, what are you looking at? What are the implications? And then what else should you be looking for? Because it's not just purchasing a property. It's the cost of ownership. Am I going to need hazard insurance because of its location? Who do I ask for that? How do I verify that there are easements? Because I'm seeing this large property, but you're not aware that there's a fault going across it or there are utility easements and no, you can't drop a pool in there. And you are already envisioning all these improvements without verifying. So that would be, especially as an investor, the risk that you take because an investor is looking at the ROI on it. And if you can't verify that, then you're leaving a lot of money on the table. 
for women, uh, if you're a first time home buyer and you're doing it on your own, well, one of the factors that this Yale study disclosed was that women sell uh, when the market is high and they, you know, they are not taking advantage of the market fluctuations because they need to have children in school. They have more constraints, location, being around family, services, schools, all these things impact more women than they do men. So as an investor, a female investor, you're also looking at that as well, because that has a dollar value associated with that, that you could verify. Now, you know, I've run my numbers. I know what improvements need to be made. I have copies of permits. Um, now I could list the property for sale properly. And it most likely will sell for this because I can prove it, right? You can prove the value that you're estimating on that. Our interest rates are affecting the cost uh, of homes right now. However, if you could afford a home right now, you're going to be fine because you'll always refinance. The biggest challenge that we're seeing right now for everyone is really inventory. You brought up a good point earlier, you know, thinking about, oh, I I'll, I think I'll put it in a pool. But when you, if you are going into a situation and you think I'm going to make these changes to this property and that's what's going to bring the value that I foresee, if you're not verifying that those changes are even allowed or possible or feasible with the city, right? It's one thing to bring in a contractor and have him say, oh, sure, it's just going to cost X amount. <laughs> but if you don't go that next step, right? And find out you have a utility easement, you're running through the middle of your yard. You're like, oh. Exactly. I mean, one of the things that, you know, when the market was really hot and the interest rates were low, people were foregoing the home inspection. Never do that. Because even though they cannot open up walls uh, to verify any electrical plumbing improvements that they say were made, uh, you can always verify where permits taken out on those improvements, especially electrical and plumbing, because your home insurance policy is going to probably request the copies of those permits if you decide to file a claim on that. But home inspection will start to give you a cursory review of how well this property has been maintained by the current owners. And then you can negotiate those improvements to be made if they're minor enough or renegotiate the price or have uh, funds reimbursed to you at close so that you can make the improvements yourself. But once you start getting into additions, into excavation or a pool and all, now it starts to get more serious because now you are involving the city, hopefully, um, and their inspectors are going to be pulling permits on your property and see if it was done properly or there are easements. So you have all these departments now that are going to be looking at the permit that you've requested for whatever construction you're doing. Obviously, if you can do a little of that ahead of time, you don't have to sit through all that, you know, the whole permitting process, which you'd normally do after you've already purchased the home. It's a little late at that point, right? You find out, oh, darn, too bad. I didn't realize that there was this whatever it going through the backyard or, or whatnot, or restriction against a specific thing or something like that. Yeah. With older properties, the setbacks can remain as is. That uh, height, is there a restriction on height? Um, 
all these things have a, a development standard associated to them that you should know before you close the deal, right? You can't just rely on your realtor to do that for you and tell you. Um, a lot of times we fall in love with curb appeal and they've done a great job on that, but you have to go beyond the aesthetics. Now you have to start seeing all right, let's really look at this with a fine tooth comb. What are the issues? Are they repairable? Are there something that's just way too costly that I either need to walk away or I can renegotiate? Electrical, plumbing, mechanical, does it need a new roof? How's the foundation look? These are major things, especially for areas where there's a lot of rain, snow. These things start to wear and tear on the structure itself. You brought up a great point earlier about the approval process. Like if if they if they're touting in the in the description, oh, we just upgraded the plumbing or the electrical or whatever, that you really want to verify that that work has been done properly by a licensed person, and that the inspector did come by and sign off on it to make sure that it's done well. I often see projects, right? So this is that like a red flag to me. A lot of times if you go into and they've remodeled the basement and you can tell it just doesn't look quite right, you know, maybe maybe the homeowner did it themselves or whatever, which is not necessarily a bad thing, but did they get a permit? Because as you were saying earlier, you can be asked to tear that out. Sorry, this wasn't done to code. You got to take it out. So not only did you pay for it and, you know, extra for it and you can't use it, but now you actually have to remove it, which is a very bitter pill to swallow. You know, you see this all the time on these home improvement shows where they're opening up walls and they're seeing that floor joists were cut or supporting beams were cut or sistered in or all these things. And then someone has the audacity to say, well, now I have to deal with the city. No, you should have done that before. It's not their job, especially building, is to protect you. They That's why it's called building and safety, so that right. there aren't fires, so that the structure doesn't collapse. So there are all these things that are made to make sure that that structure is habitable. So yes, is it difficult? Now, sometimes, is it going to take time? Yes, you're going to have to take time out of your day and go to City Hall. But if you had this checklist, if you knew the right questions to ask, maybe you could find all these answers out in one visit or several, but at least you can feel more comfortable proceeding with the deal or walking away or renegotiating the price so that you're trying to reduce your risk as the person putting up all this money, right? We're looking minimum across the nation. If we took an average, maybe half a million dollars. No one loves your money more than you do or should, right? And you're going to take that on without reducing your risk and feeling confident like, okay, I know, you know, this HVAC system has been in this home for 20 years guess what? It's probably going to need to be replaced in the next five years. So you need to be aware of that, have the funds to do that, take out a loan to do that. But at least you do that with your eyes wide open. You're happy with the location. Great. I can take on that expenditure that's in the very near future. Uh, all these things are things that 
that first time home buyer or that investor needs to be thinking of when they're looking to purchase a property. But now let's be honest about the the whole trip to city hall, because it's been my experience that not all people who work in those departments are created equal as far as temperament and <laughs> helpfulness. And do you have any tricks or tips to kind of navigate those sometimes rocky waters when you walk in there and not feel like they're yelling at you? Well, you got to remember when you go to building, you know, they're used to dealing with guys, right? They're used <laughs> to dealing with contractors. There's a way of speaking. Uh, but not all cities, the major cities. So I'm in California. So, you know, LA, Orange County, all these cities, um, they are trained to provide good customer service and to be respectful of their citizens that come in, whether yeah. you live there or not. If you're doing business in the city, hopefully you're being treated well. Just like any other place, there's some days where someone's having a bad day. But again, we know uh, it's in the approach um, because cities are just so busy. They're short staffed. Um, you need to go there prepared. You need to not walk into city hall, ask questions, and then ask the person that's giving you the information. Oh, do you have a pen and paper? Can I write this? Yeah. You're, you've come unprepared. If you have any plans, uh, that's always helpful. Uh, have um, your disclosures that have been part of the deal that you're looking at so that there's some that they could read. Uh, be respectful. Um, when you speak and someone is responding to you in not such a nice or professional manner, and you could, you know, just say, you know, I understand, but yeah, I'd really prefer that we can communicate in a more respectful manner. Is that good with you? Uh, you know, you may be having a tough day. I mean, you just, just stop it and call them on it. And if they aren't receptive to that, then it's probably their personality. Because when you call it to someone's attention, that's, oh, wait a minute, your answers are really short. I, your energy is really abrasive. Um, and you still get that attitude. And you go, well, I understand. Uh, can you bring your supervisor to the counter, please? And you ask, I understand, but now I'm, I'm going to have to demand a, a better customer service experience. So let's do that. What's the best way when people want to, if people want to take your class, if they want to learn more from you, what's the best way for them to reach out to you? Yeah, we could have um, just a short chat. You can have a consultation. If you're in the middle of a deal and you have a specific question right now, happy to answer that. You're going to go to my website. You can book a call. Um, or if you want to go through the master class, you can look at that. And then we can chat after that if you have a little bit more time to uh, start learning this due diligence process. Uh, then you can get on the wait list when I start the cohort to learn this, then um, you'll be notified immediately. What question do you wish I would have asked you that I didn't ask? Or what do you want to make sure that people walk away with something? What do you want to make sure they know? I would think if they are just feeling stuck in life and they already have a home, but they know I need to feel joy again, then high performance coaching is really something that they need. There's a questionnaire they could 
fill out and they'll get, you know, an hour coaching session with me to see if we are a good fit because I'm interviewing them as much as they're interviewing me. And what's your website, Rosemary? It's rosemarymedell.com. Perfect. And we'll put all that into the show notes. And Rosemary, thanks so much for being with us today. I just love uh, the pr approach that you have because it is very daunting. There are so many things that we don't know that we don't know. Yeah, more women just say, I didn't know I needed to know this. Yeah. And if you're not learning something, then you're relying on someone else's opinion all the time. And you don't need to go through that. What I want you to do is learn this and then help another woman or your daughter or your sister. Let's get this generational wealth under control and have more women out there feeling confident that if they want to purchase a home, they can navigate City Hall and conduct their due diligence just like a pro. If you know, listener, thank you so much for being with us today. And if and think of who you know who is in that process, who's trying to navigate, who's trying to buy a home and who has the potential of missing something big that's going to make them very unhappy down the road and forward this, this episode to them. And they will, I promise they will thank you for it. In the meantime, have a great week. Thanks so much, Rosemary. <laughs>